Hello there, once again. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. With you, as always, I am Greg, and I am joined across this fine nation of ours by my friend, your friend, Matteo. Hey, Matteo. You can't tell right now, but I'm striking a co-host pose. Oh, I'm on. I'm in on it too. All right, I got it now. We can't. So we can't see each other. <laughs> so we've really got to keep each other uh, abreast of the, you know, buddy signs and and whatever else we're doing. Yeah, you having a good pose over there? Uh, I mean, I was. I, I was kind of interrupting it to talk into the microphone. I, okay. I, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time either. You know, <laughs> uh, it's difficult. It's difficult. So yeah, we've got. Um, I think a pretty good tight show for y'all today. I, th- I think we're going to talk a little bit about some show stuff. We're going to talk about some fun adventures we might have had and, and then talk a little bit about um, cyclocross, both domestic and foreign. That's the plan. Does that so- sound good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, first of all, um, we, we have a little bit of show-related news. Do you have anything you want to say about that, Matteo? Um, how personal should I get? Uh, I mean, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. This is going out to millions and millions of people. So. Millions, well, millions and millions of people um, may or may not know that uh, I have a new job and I'm working really hard at it. And that's taken up a lot of my time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that we, we uh, discussed, uh, spoiler, we, we hung out a couple weekends ago, uh, that I had really fallen fallen deep deep into the cycle cross well uh black hole maybe oh man yeah you've been <laughs> like fall. only slowly emerging from the mud oh man oh well there hasn't been a lot of mud this season but anyway that's a that's another well it's another conceptual discussion mud. for another time yes the conceptual mud this is very very high concept kind of <laughs> uh podcasting we're doing right now with conceptual mud yeah so i think that the upshot of this is is uh we're busy humans um, we got a lot going on, but we also, uh, really like doing this show a lot. Um, and we decided we just have less time for it right now. We just have less time. And, and what that's led to is we think, um, a little bit of rambliness, a little bit of, uh, not being super great at it delivering you the tight and, uh, insightful shows that we're best at. So I, I think that we're going to reduce our release schedule is what the upshot of that is. As you, we're already kind of doing that. Um, it's tough. We're busy, um, etc. So I would say we're probably going to shoot for, let's say, what, uh, something between um, every other week and twice a month. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, and we're going to try and bring you all uh, crisp, thoughtful, well-planned episodes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, that will make everyone happier. It's going to uh, not only make our lives easier, but it's going to give you a higher quality show. And we're really excited to keep doing that um, because this is a lot of fun for us. Uh, you know, we enjoy a big part of this is, you know, we're kind of hanging out together over the Internet and, and hanging out with you all on the Internet. So we wanted to keep doing that. Well, let's do that. We we thank you all for the many emails that you've sent us saying, hey, you know, your release schedule has lagged a little bit. Um, <laughs> what's going on? I don't know what to do with myself. Um, I have thousands of emails from please, concerned listeners. Please come back to the internet. We thank you for yeah. those. We do. We do. We thank you for the concern. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of hanging out, how, how's that? Well, transition. 
as a segue. I, you know, you mentioned earlier that we're coming to each other across the internet, but if we get back into our time machine, we can record this show, Greg, face to face. That's right. Well, and we did. Well, maybe not a show, but. So we were, as I think we mentioned, we, we gave a little sneak preview that we were both going to be in Northampton, Massachusetts at the same time for not entirely parallel reasons, but uh, fortunately, fortunately, the reason that Mattia was there, uh, employment, and the reason that I was there, bike racing, happened to, co- well, of course I was there for bike racing because this bike race happened to coincide with Mattia being there for employment reasons. How's that? How cool is that? It was awesome. So we got to hang out on the weekend of the Cycle Smart International uh, UCI cyclocross race, where I got to race the uh, three four uh, not not three four in the Verge series. It's the category three race. Uh, got to have on day one, uh, Mattia with a bike in the pit ready to go for me, which was incredible and exciting. Unfortunately, I didn't need it, and we also got to spend some time um, broing out, as they say, hanging out. Me, Mattia, um, my special lady friend, wife, Jill. We did some, um, all... some A-plus bro down. Yeah, yeah, there was some good quality time. So that was that was super fun. Why uh, don't we just invite our yeah. listeners to hop into a time machine with us? That's right. So and we, spend some we, time with us. We did a, we did a little something. Um, Mattia was kind of working the race um, for the Richard Sachs team, and I think we're going to, uh, between the elite women's and the elite men's race, we managed to find about 10 minutes to sit down and talk about um, the race and, and what Maddie was doing and what we were thinking and feeling about being there and let's let's go to that now. So, yeah, let's go to the audio tape. Okay, we're we're here coming to you live from the Cycle Smart International, uh, the twenty fifth annual Cycle Smart International Look Park in Northampton. So of course it's me and, and Greg and Maddie is with me, right right here with me. Oh my gosh, so this is like the first time ever that the two of us have been next to a microphone in the same time zone at yeah the same, at the same time yeah and it's it's pretty exciting so uh we're here we're actually right between the elite men's and the elite women's race the women just finished uh emma white won in convincing fashion uh over ellen noble uh it was reversed from yesterday which is pretty cool and so you've been uh you've been hard at work you you were working the women's race so you were working the men's race next so so what's up with that what are you doing well, you know, uh, Dan Chavinov and Brittany Bowman, who I recall from my days in New York, we were pals, uh, needed a pit crew, and I was happy to oblige. So Brittany just had a good race. She was a little bit frustrated when she came into the pit. Uh, she had a, a slow leak in her front wheel, which she was pretty frustrated. And I, I know that feeling because you think like, oh, is my wheel flat? No, my wheel's not flat. Maybe my wheel's going flat. And you, you wonder this for a while. It's not just like a puncture and it's like, boom, and you're like, oh, crap, I have a flat wheel. It's like just enough that you're, you're doubting it and questioning it for a while, and then you realize that you need to pit later on. So you're carrying that misfortune for a while. She came into the pit, uh, had a bike change, and I got her other bike back up and running, which fortunately she did not need again. So she had a, a good clean race after that, picked off a couple riders in the last lap, and got a nice uh, top 10, maybe 7th place result. I'm not sure if it was 7th or 8th. I'm bad at counting. You got it. In order to be a good pit crew, look, you got to be able to count well. That's crucial. You got to tell your rider how many people there are and how many seconds there might be and if you're bad at counting you're just never going to make it as a pit mechanic i just, just got to put that out to the kids out there right now you can't count you're just not going to get anywhere in this world 
of bicycle lacrosse. Yeah. So uh, how have you have you done this before? By the way, I, I actually am not really sure about that because because you seemed a little bit nervous about it when when Chavs was asking you to do that and. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Yeah, you never want to take on too much responsibility, and you never, you never want to know. Uh, you never know exactly what someone's expectations are. I have done a little bit of pit work uh, at UCI races, just like one or two races for my pal Keshi Inokenti Zavyalov, who's not much of a cross racer anymore, but uh, certainly has been. I worked for him at Jingle Cross a few years ago. That was good. You know, for the most part, pit work is uneventful. Uh, it's if the conditions are terrible and people rely on. Uh, frequent bike changes in order to be competitive, then the demands of the pit crew are very high. And I was, I'm, I'm glad that those conditions did not manifest these past two days. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. And this is actually, this is exciting on so many levels because, uh, we've gotten some serious face to face time. It's been cool. We've been, we've been, uh, chilling, uh, had, had uh, a beer, a beer Friday night because I was racing the next day. And this is, this is cool. Cause this is a race that is kind of rich in personal history for both of us. Right? Like you did one of your first cross races ever here like years ago in what 09 right 09 was my was it might have been my first cyclocross race or I might have raced like one cross race before in New York City when Staten Island had a cyclocross race and this was this was my second um and I also I'm really glad to be back because it has been uh six years since that fateful day and um in that time like I, i've barely been back to northampton i lived here for a year a little under a year and it's just beautiful the cycling is really beautiful this race is absolutely beautiful the promoters and all the workers here do an amazing job um it's so special to be back and this is also a special race for you yeah yeah so i think we mentioned this previously but i did my well, I, I saw my first cyclocross race here. I didn't have a bike, so I didn't. Oh, I didn't have a cross bike, so I didn't end up getting to race it. Uh, but that was when I knew I wanted to race cross, and I finally made it back here to Massachusetts in 2013 because I, I moved uh, in 2009, about the time that that Matteo was moving to Northampton for his little sojourn, and. Um, yeah, I came back in 2013, and on, on day one, I, I had an okay race and finished, like, 40-something from being staged 80-something, which is really exciting. And then um, on day two, I was going down the steep, kind of bouncy descent here, and I flew off the top of my bike and, and shattered my collarbone. Uh, and so I, that happened. And I have heard descriptions of the x-rays of your collarbone, and it sounds like shattered is not hyperbolic whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately it's not. And it was one of those situations where... Uh, the orthopedist sees the x-rays and they kind of think one thing and they get in there and they th- uh, and it's like oh oh dear this is pretty serious because it was you know more of a radial fracture than they thought it was it was uh, split but anyway the surgeon gets in there and they're like what a mess i have to clean up after this who was in here before me yeah seriously so it was uh again with sun you know that's a, a part of the race it's always there on the second day it seems like and i had to go and and kind of break my duck as it or is that what they call the expression i don't know uh and go down that descent again today six times um i hated it every time it 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 scared me so it was that one that one was the one yeah it's right behind us yeah that it, was the one yeah it's right behind us and and i had to go down it six times and, and and i did not enjoy it but i made it down in one piece i was breaking hard the whole time i'm not i'm not 
not at a point yet where I'm ready to rip those. I want to get there. It'll happen. But that was not not today. There's a lot of there. There's you know this this race just has so much history for both of us. Yeah. This is also a cyclocross race. Check out that dog. Oh, there's so many dogs here. It's been so great. I had such a wonderful experience yesterday. I was sitting after the race. I had a great race yesterday. I got like seventh place. Never felt more than kind of flat, but I was able to ride steady today. Not so good. Got like 21st, but you know, I was happy. I was enjoying myself. Uh, I was hurting. I, I, you know, it's, what's funny is it was one of those races where I kind of feel better than I did yesterday, but I, I was slower. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you've had that happen before, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you feel bad because you're putting out more watts than you usually do. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. But uh, it's been great. There's been many, you know, hashtag dogs of NECX uh, to enjoy here. We're looking at this greyhound in a jacket right now. It's very adorable. Uh, is it a greyhound? I don't know. I'm bad at it's dogs. It's like the part of it is a greyhound, but the other part of it is not a greyhound. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, legs-wise, it looks like a greyhound, but face-wise, it does not look like a greyhound. But there's so many. There's another shaggy dog over there. Uh, there, there was a uh, really... That dog's not that shaggy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There was a very friendly chocolate lab that we uh, saw yesterday. I was sitting, as I was saying before, after my race, and this adorable dog came up and got like right up in my lap and started licking my face, and, and she was so it, sweet. It was a therapy dog. She knew that Greg had a great race but felt bad and didn't, didn't really feel like he was digging into his wat hole. Uh, no, I actually felt, I like, felt good about it. Make you, make you feel better. Your legs feel bad, I'm going to make you feel better. Or, or it was congratulatory, because I, I, I really did feel pretty good about that seventh place. Nice. So, yeah, I, pretty psyched to be here, and um, I think we might want to wrap it up pretty soon, because I think uh, Maddie's got to get back to the pit, right? They are they are staging. I feel like we have until they give us the two-minute warning, and then I'm, like, up, and I'm dashing back to the pit, and I'm like, I got a pit pass, let me in, let me in. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and uh, I was invited to help pit. I don't have a pit pass. They're very militant about that. They have been uh, checking pit passes, which is appropriate. I they suppose. they will yell at you. Actually, um, you're, you're when I yelled at. yeah, you're gonna get yelled at. When I was two years ago, when I broke my collarbone, I saw I had some wheels in the pit, and of course, uh, I got carted off in a ambulance to the hospital, and uh, you know they gave me some morphine. Uh, <laughs> that was interesting, and then Jill was gonna go back to the race, uh, and try and get my wheels out of the pit, you know, with the help of my morphine-addled description of the wheels, which, as you can imagine, wasn't all that accurate. They used to be round. <laughs> yeah, they were round. And so she went in, and they were given, they were like, hey, are you supposed to be here? Uh, apparently, this is what she tells me. And uh, she said, my husband just got taken away in an ambulance. I need to get his wheels. Like, is there a problem with that? And this, this apparently opens doors the world over. <laughs> yeah. This is this is how to get places and get things done. How to get what you want at a bike race. My husband just got taken away in an ambulance. And I'm sure that if, you know, it was the other way around, if it were my wife or my girlfriend or whatever, that that would also, also work. But the point is, uh, injured significant others are kind of the key. Um, they, are, they are currency. Yeah, use these powers for good, not for evil, by the way. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Daddy, what are you going to do after this? So we're going to a team dinner. We're going to have happy pasta times and um, maybe have have a little more beer. I don't know. Um, But what about about you? What what are you going to do? I'm going to bring this here bottle of wine. 
Oh, look at this. Chateau Hot Imaginé Bordeaux 2014. That's excellent French. Uh, Vin de Bordeaux is a certain type of red wine. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'm going to bring that to a coworker's house, and I'm going to have dinner with a coworker and a few other coworkers. And the important backstory here is that I just got a job in the Pioneer Valley. I am going to be working in Minneapolis for the time being, but I just got a job in Northampton, Massachusetts. Let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens here. Yeah, that's, let's not... Uh... Let's not get too excited. Let's not get too excited. But I'm looking at the starting line. I think I'm about to run back to the pit. All right. Well, we'll we'll pick this up. I'm sure that we'll uh, put this, uh, work this into our, our regular show. And uh, so, yeah, we'll rejoin you in the studio. If you want, you can stand right outside the pit and we can toss the phone back and forth between laps. I, I think we'll be okay. I think let's 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 wrap it up and uh, you go work the pit and uh, keep uh, Dan Shabanoff uh, nicely supplied with a functional bicycle. Well, well bicycled. He'll be well bicycled for the next hour. Awesome. So it's been really cool hanging out with you. Maybe I'll see you after the race, but for the, the time being, um, yeah, go go do it. Go do it. I'll see you after the race. All right. See you later, dude. Bye. All right. Woo. Woo. That was fun. <laughs> That was a good time. I think we all learned something. I think we. <laughs> I hope time. we all learned something. I think we all learned something. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that um, rather than belabor that too much, because I, I think we covered most of what we needed to cover uh, in that little pre-recorded segment there. We're going to move swiftly on, and right now we're on the topic of domestic cyclocross, right? Since we were at a domestic cyclocross race, a UCI race for the elites. So uh, I think this is a good a good transition. What what do you what did you want to talk about about domestic cyclocross, Matteo? Well, uh, I think the important thing lately that's happened in men's racing is that Stephen Hyde beat up did not beat up beat Jeremy Powers in. Uh, <laughs> Though I do think he could probably take him in head to head in a head to head race. Yeah, yeah, two days in a row, even. Two- Two days in a row in Louisville. Yeah, in Louisville, the Derby City Cup, in, both the C1 yeah. and uh, the C2 the next day. So, and so, that, so Yeah, so the reason yeah, why ahead. that's big, let me just go ahead. Like, uh, Hyde was on the sort of development program that Powers is a co-founder of. Um, and they are sort of billed as a mentor-mentee relationship. And also, you know, for the past couple seasons, with Powers picking and choosing his races a little bit more, he has been uh, not unbeatable, but certainly the favorite to win every race he enters. I mean, he's domestically. been all but undefeated in you know the non. I can't believe I'm saying this non World Cup, <laughs> non World Championships cyclocross races held on U.S. soil. He's been uh, on for something like level. three years. Yeah, uh, it's just no one else has been able to touch him. And Hyde has been on the way up. I mean, Hyde, in the course of of that same period of time from 2012, you know, was not on the radar of anyone. Uh, no one really knew who he was. He he, kind of I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but in a certain sense, he did. He's been around racing bikes for a while, but he was not like a fixture on the cyclocross season, cyclocross season, and came out and has been on that upward trajectory ever since. And it was. The question was, when is it going to happen, essentially? Mm-hmm. And and it did. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah, and the important thing is that, you know, the the upward trajectory for Hyde uh, shows no sign of stopping. No. At this point. Yeah, I think there, have been, there are plenty of riders who are on this upward trajectory, and they settle into this, like, 
you know, podium contender in big domestic races and then, you know, in smaller ones, I can win some like some smaller C2s, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. For Hyde to beat Powers is kind of like, all right, he can he can keep on improving, maybe. And he's not that much younger than Jeremy. You know, Hyde is in his late 20s. So he's, I believe he's 28, almost 29. Yeah. So it's not like he's, you know, the youth and the future in the same way that like Logan Owen is for sure. The men's side of things. Um, but it's, it's certainly nice and impressive to see a rider at that level. Cause we've, we've seen, we've seen powers get beaten and there was a sort of heyday of American cross when like powers, Johnson, Trebon, Driscoll, we're all kind of at the same level and trading blows and sharing wins throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. And ever since then, like, Powers is on his own level. Yeah, and, and some of that has been due to Powers raising his own level. Some of that has been due to the others. Uh, you know, Tim Johnson was getting tired and, and uh, you know, was retired. And, and injured. Uh, you know, he had, he had some back injuries. Yeah, and... he had, right, back issues. And, and Trebone, of course, had a terrible crash uh, yeah. a couple of years. Uh, well, not, uh, I think, last season, right before the season, and just could not reach that level again he's on the way back up so we'll see how that goes but Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's great to um be back to having you know hopefully we'll we'll see kind of how it develops but two two american uh men back at the highest level or you know on a similar level and in this whole season we've been watching hyde really try to close that gap and getting closer and getting closer um and not quite making that happen um but finally you know making it happen on on that day so and and just going out to prove hey this is no fluke doing it two days in a row which was pretty cool seriously that's particularly interesting because you know racing two days in a row people uh respond differently to that second day some people say they're better on the second day i know plenty of people who say like oh i'm so much worse on the Mm -hmm. second day um I think often you'll hear some riders talk about maybe holding back a little bit on one day so they can go hard in the paint the next day. Yeah, to, hard, hard to do, but... Hard hard to do in the great sport of cycle cross. But, um, yeah, to go out and win two days in a row, that's like, there's no trickery there. There's no tomfoolery, no, no, sh- no shenanigans, no chicanery. Just two Indeed. in a row. And of course to do it, and of course to do it, you know, uh, the first day on a C1, so the highest non-world cup tier of race so you've got the and there's only half a dozen or so uh c1 rated races in the united states so all of the best american riders are there people people are there trying to score points because just being there you score points you score uci points that's not finishing (laughs) something like that the point there there are more points in the no it's the top 15 right uh in in a c1 versus the top 10 for I think it's the, the I think it's the world a world cup just starting it or maybe finishing it you earn points. That could be. That I, for, could I forget be. the UCI point structure. Yeah, it's 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 arcane and complicated, but <laughs> but certainly the, the thing that really matters is uh, for the C1s versus C2s. Sorry, this is a little bit of a digression. I we're, we're hitting the weeds. A tight hard. show, but basically <laughs> a C2 toward your 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 UCI ranking, all of your C2s. Uh, essentially can count but for c1s only your best six 
finishes or something like that uh, will count. Mm-hmm. Or or it might be I don't know whatever. The point is <laughs> the point is the C ones. Like it's that. heavily weighted in favor of the C ones. Okay, everyone's there. The competition's really high. Mm-hmm. Um, don't 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 turn to me for accurate information about how the ranking system works because I, I honestly don't know and don't really care. We could do our research beforehand, but. Eh. Let's play yeah. it fast and loose. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's part of what we need to do is more of that little, more of that research stuff. <laughs> research so, so that was, yeah, yeah. So that, that was that was just really tremendous. Uh, I want to see how it keeps developing. You know, they're uh, both going to be powers in hide. They're both going to be over in Europe for the cursed period races. Uh, they're going to be back for Nats. Uh, they're going to be back in Europe for Worlds. So um, continue watching that space. Um, Hyde's been to Europe before, um, like most Americans in their first time over, uh, he got his, you know, jersey pulled over his head and his <laughs> face rubbed in the mud. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a hockey joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got his hockey. lunch money taken. He did get his lunch money taken. Um, anyway, so that's exciting. And, and I think that, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll watch that. And I think that this might be a good opportunity to talk about other uh, kind of rivalries or, or transitions yeah. in cyclocross. I mean, while we're talking about uh, the student has surpassed the master, um, <laughs> this morning, as we're recording this, this morning was the World Cup cross race at Coxida. And uh, the story of the day, I think, was the fact that uh, Wout Van Aert and Sven Nice rode the bulk of the men's race together. And are we doing yeah. like are we doing like a spoiler alert like how how well, deep no we're not doing let's that right say first let let's say first if you have not gone and watched this race and the women's too but I think this is actually one of those cases where the men's race was more exciting um, it happens mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you haven't watched the Coxida World Cup yet go onto YouTube um, watch it at, at least at least do yourself the favor of watching the last lap or so the last ten minutes um, to to get an idea of. Of what that race was like. Because let's, let's not watching. equivocate. Yeah, the the final lap of the men's Coxida World Cup was like perhaps the best lap of cyclocross of pro cyclocross racing this year. Oh, I I'd, I'd say there's no perhaps uh, about it. It Sweet. was it was dramatic. It was really really awesome. There were a lot of storylines at this race too. I just want to say we had Matthew Vanderpool coming back. Um, after injuring his knee and, and being out of the season thus far, I mm-hmm. mean, the the reigning world champion, the yeah. reigning world champion, it, sh- it should be said. You know, we had uh, a lot of still, you know, young riders looking for big rides. You know, we've got uh, Lars Vanderhaar looking for a big ride, Lauren Swick um, looking for a big ride, um, Tom Mason trying to turn around his uh, season, which has not been stellar so far. Yeah, these guys uh, are, are are all. I mean, not not Lars. Lars has some, you know wins this season under his belt as well as true. many many previous seasons. He's a He's a baller and a brawler, but you know some of, some of the other guys are like trying to to get that that podium performance in a big race. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we had we had a big uh, just a lot of stories, but of course the the big story as as we already said was this battle for most of the race between um, Sven Ness and uh, Wout Van Aert. And, and I, I think the important I, well, I, I have to say about this the, mm-hmm. the the thing that was amazing about this was we're we're sitting on the couch from over to a teammate's house um, watching watching the race. And it's a it's a weird feeling to be sitting there and rooting for Sven Ness, who has won more cyclocross races than anyone in history, to be rooting for Sven as the underdog against the upstart. 
about Van Art. Well, yeah, that was my that was my interruption point a moment ago. I mean, Sven mm-hmm. has not had the uh, fistful of wins over the past year and a half or two years that he's familiar with. He, you know, he's in his late thirties. Uh, he keeps on talking about like, oh, he's going to retire soon, and hinting at it. And uh, well, he said that this is his last season. He has he has finally said like definitively that this is his last. Now, I think there have been a couple times when he's like, yeah, maybe this or next year is my last season, and he you know kept on extending it a little bit. You know, you win the sure. world championships, and you're like, yeah, this is going pretty good. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna roll this, see how it goes. Um, but you know, Sven has uh, Sven has found that you know he can be beaten these past couple of years soundly, and I think this yeah. might be his first win of the season. Uh, no. No, no. no. Um, his first win of the season was Saturday at one of the Pseudo Classics races. Okay, well, this is his so first big win of the season. <laughs> but somewhat, so he got that monkey off his back. He got a win. Um, you know, to, that's not to say that he was not up there. He's been one of the riders who's been up there consistently. But he's having to be, you know, instead of dominating, uh, his approach has been very strategic and very tactical and really looking to be very selective about where he spends his energy, which is in really pretty stark contrast to how, um, how Wout Van Aert has been racing this season. He's been, you know, almost untouchable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's to say nothing of once Vanderpool is back in at full fitness, uh, you know, Wout Van Aert is often compared to Sven in being more calculating, but he, he is also more, tends to go hard earlier he's he mm-hmm. still starts out hot and vanderpool of course is just that extremely temperamental uh you know niels albert style go out of the gates extremely <laughs> fast um except even more so so <laughs> the uh the the poetic moment for me not not moment the, the poetic lens here is that you know we're looking at at wild van art who's won like most of the big races in Europe this year. Yes. And we're looking at Sven Nice, who has won the most races of any cyclocross racer ever. And it just feels like, you know, the the ghost of cyclocross past versus the ghost of cyclocross future here, you know? Sven has, like, almost two decades on Wout. Yeah. Uh, you know, 39 and 21. It's just so cool to see, like, these two riders duking it out on the last lap of Coxida. And especially Coxida, like the Coxida World Cup is an important race. You could say it's like, yeah, and beyond one, it's one just its biggest, status as a World important. Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a historical race. It's it's one of the monuments. Yes, absolutely. Coxida is like the, the yeah, absolutely one of the monuments of cyclocross. Yeah, it, it might even be you know arguably, you know, in terms of courses to win on, it might be the most prestigious in in a sense. Or the one that that people kind of want the most. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean that's how big a deal it is. Yeah. So to see it come down, it was it was uh, exciting. Do we do we want to? Are we going to give it away or? <laughs> I mean, we're releasing I, this on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. If people true. don't know what happened, then they've got a problem with their internet connection. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I mean, just watching it come down to the final lap. I mean, for, first of all, Wout <laughs> Wout and Vanderpool going out early, super hard. Um, it, Vanderpool eventually kind of blowing up. Uh, Sven bridging across oh, in the he, sand and just so closing good. that gap. He's so good. He did that but thing. Was, he did that thing like he used to do all the time, like up until three or four years ago, where he would just 
like like it's like 15 or 20 minutes into the race and he's like kind of hanging out back in the top 10 yeah and he's like yeah oh someone has 10 seconds he just lights the afterburners and in like half a lap bridges up and it's just out of control yeah there's the move and and just the, uh, just the contrast in styles too between him and van art watching uh, i mean you know while van art is a very good technical rider um and you know there were times when sven made mistakes and times when uh, uh Wout made mistakes but just the difference is clear where uh wout is using power just that raw power that he clearly has over sven now um to to just open gaps and and put sven on the defensive and sven is just so controlled uh and saving energy just everywhere he can just by riding cleaner for the most part uh it, it made it pretty interesting to watch yeah, I, there was this one moment where um, Sven didn't really bobble, but but lost a couple bike lengths, uh, mm-hmm. and you know he knew the course that was coming up, and he closed that down by taking this sort of uphill sand dune ride, just like super smoothly, not with a ton of power, but by the time he was at the top of that little crest, he was right back there with Wout. Yeah. Or, or another uh, another thing that we were talking about was, is we were watching that was fun was uh, there is one particular sand sandy run up ride up that was kind of a curving left turn out of, out of the sand and the Vanderpool and Van Art were cons- pretty consistently able to ride that uh, and Sven could not and like every time they came to that together Sven would get to the front and ride up at first and dismount and you know <laughs> forcing just just knowing exactly how to uh prevent them from taking that advantage you know and, and just really racing very craftily but of course also with a lot of power and in the end what the race came down to was basically a contest of of power yeah in that last last uh little section a sprint through the mud a sprint through the mud yes trying to get to that that uh turn onto the pavement first and that was in the last 300 meters 400 meters just both of them <laughs> just going absolutely all out in the mud knowing that that stretch is so short that whoever gets there first is gonna win like you know everyone knows the stakes yeah everyone everyone knows okay they're both gonna go for this as hard as possible it's just who's saved the most energy who can find the best line through this mud yeah and cockside it must be said you know this is kind of a rainy day yeah uh, and we're used to seeing I, I it's safe to say cockside on relatively clear days and adding the additional excitement of the mud to the crazy sand dunes is just it was extra bananas out there and i imagine that it it made the sand soft and shift and of course like the coxida sand it's not like a sand pit where it's like this flat stretch that you just have to like kind of blast through there are well, these yeah, like it's also not these, like lumpy mm. like off camber like sideways hilly sand dune stretches there there's that like right up left turn that you mentioned there's these like crazy up and downs yeah, and it's slightly different every year. Oh yeah, uh, the the you know their dunes move, so it's not exactly <laughs> the same. Yeah, it's 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 pretty wild, and it's it's you know it's sand that you find in the natural world that's deep and heavy, but it's also it's not super fine like some of the sand you find in in, in sand pits. So it behaves differently, and 
yeah, it's it's pretty interesting and dynamic and yeah, unique. yeah. So it was it was a memorable memorable day, and I'm I'm pumped to uh, I'm I accidentally got up early enough to see it, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I think I think Sven now can probably retire happy. <laughs> he could probably he could probably be satisfied with the last seasons. Yeah. Did, did we say that Sven Sven got to that last corner court first? Um, he got up on the pavement. Uh, you know, started his sprint though he already had several bike lengths, and you could see Van Art was just like uh, he, he he'd already it. lost the sprint he at that point. It. Yeah, yeah, and just it's uh, just that image of Sven Ness looking back over his shoulder and throwing his arms up, looking more psyched than I've seen him to win a bike race in years. Oh yeah, and I was super psyched to see him win too. You know, I yeah, I think that I was rooting for him just because Wout has won so much this year and because Sven yeah. because it's his last year, you know, I wanted him to win a World Cup. Absolutely. I, yeah. You know, to to have him to have a rider like Sven uh go through his last year without any big victory, that would not be the sort of storybook approach that i would like to see and so sure i was totally rooting for him you know i was super pumped about that last lap i thought that he had a little bit more in the tank he was riding like he had a little bit more in the tank than wout did you know i thought he was putting wout under a little bit more pressure um so it was a that was just like a nice little bit of nostalgia not really nostalgia yeah. it's like the stuff that will will make for nostalgia when you say like oh yeah i woke up early and i watched like sven's last big win at coxida yeah and you could tell you could tell too that for sven this was special yeah and that makes it special for us you know just to see him so you know completely pumped and delighted yeah we want to see win. we want to see emotion from our winners absolutely like that was not a routine like Oh yes, I'm Sven Ness. I just won race number three hundred and eighty-four. <laughs> Whatever. And, <laughs> it's uh, not his accent at all. <laughs> <laughs> and just to just to kind of bring up what happened over on the uh, over in the women's race, um, really awesome to see Katie Compton get a podium spot. She's been oh yeah kind of looking for that form ever since. There were some injuries in the off season, if I recall correctly yeah injuries and, and just kind of other stuff and, and and katie is probably like the best the best cyclocross rider to never have won a world championship you know she's so good she's won so many world cups and the world cup overall a bunch of times and she's she just like has never been able to make it happen for the world championships and so to see her start the season off slow and then like get back into a podium position at a world cup that's great yeah, that's great, and, and it makes me pretty excited for uh, late January. Man, she started slow. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Maybe, maybe this year. Maybe not. You know, that's how it goes. Well, uh, I think that is probably where we should wrap it up for today. That's our cross chat. That's our cross chat. So we will catch you in two, maybe three weeks. Um, we'll see. And Maddie, do you have any? Any thoughts or any preview for what we might expect to talk about? Well, we're probably going to look at where the cross season is going and take a look at the uh, the cursed period as it's coming up. The the big week of crazy big important cross races between Christmas and New Year's. That's right. I think That's there are right. also a couple or a couple World Cups coming up too. A couple more well, World we Cups. Just had one. We, we just had, had one. one, and uh, there are a few more. 
There that will happen is. in the future. <laughs> Truth. So maybe we'll talk about that. Um, we might talk a little bit about teams, a little bit about sponsorship. We're, we're putting together a, a list of topics to, to build build you guys some hopefully interesting and insightful shows uh, over the over the winter as you're kind of suffering away on your rollers or your trainers <laughs> you know, in your basement or on your porch or in your living room, uh, wherever you're doing that, uh, watching the snowfall as you as you do your intervals <laughs> <laughs> or or if you're not racing uh you know you're hanging out on the couch and riding your bike to work whatever <laughs> we, we got you covered too we're there for you we're there for you all right with that uh i've been greg broadcasting to you <laughs> here from boston and, and i've been, been matteo i have been and will continue to be matteo broadcasting <laughs> in minneapolis minnesota to nice to talk to you guys again and we'll catch you next time thanks folks <laughs>